Welcome to the Quilter Circle Podcast. From piecing to quilting and everything in between, this podcast brings you tips and techniques from the experts and fun stories from quilters just like you. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Quilter Circle Podcast. I'm Ashley Huff, and today our special guest is Holly Brown. So Holly, thanks for being here today. Oh, thank you so much, Ashley. It's my pleasure. Of course. So let's start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, my name's Holly Brown. I am a transplant to Southwest Florida, originally from Alexandria, Virginia. Um, I've been crafty pretty much all my life, uh, paintings, mm-hmm. embroidery, all kinds of little things that I could think to do to keep myself occupied. I was... Um, the youngest of four in my family, and all my siblings are way older than me. So I'm basically an only child, and uh, my mother worked, so I had to uh, find something to do because in our day, we didn't have 357,000 TV channels to watch whatever you wanted. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Well, so yeah. um, did your siblings have you craft for them at all? Were they into it? Um, not really. My older sister, she was around a lot. Uh, so she actually, um, taught me to sew. Oh, perfect. Okay. Uh, yeah, believe it or not. My mother apparently was an avid sewer, uh, but, uh, you know, times changed and she had to work. It's just, that was just something she just didn't have time for anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my sister taught me to sew and it was ghastly. <laughs> Why? What was, what was the issue? What, what did we make? Okay, so we made a um, a wraparound skirt. It was an A-line wraparound skirt, and it had patch mm-hmm. pockets. And I was probably, I don't know, 11, 12 years old. So uh, my attention to detail wasn't that great. Um, I did complete mm-hmm. the skirt. Turned out pretty good, but my, my pockets were a little wonky. So now I, I think I pay a little bit more attention to things like that now. Well, so I, I guess the important question would be, um, did you actually wear the skirt? Yes, I did. Good. In the house. <laughs> Not in public. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, so then <laughs> when did sewing turn into quilting or when did you take that leap to start learning quilting? Well, that was just kind of thrust upon me. I have two sisters and my middle sister uh, took up quilting and she decided everybody in the house, every, all us girls needed to know how to do it. And she had already taught my older sister, who was into it uh, deeply, a serious hand quilter. They're both serious hand quilters. And uh, I just kind of watched from afar and said, oh, that's lovely, knowing that there's no way you're going to get me to hand stitch that. I'm I'm not going to do it. I don't have the patience for that. Mm -hmm. One day, she... My middle sister, her name's Cage, called me up and she says, you're coming to visit me this weekend uh, and we're going to quilt and you need to go find three coordinating fabrics and this is how much you need. I was like, uh, uh, okay. I was probably, I don't, I don't know, this is like early 90s, I, I don't know, um, 30-ish. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, sure. So I go down there and... Uh, Lo and behold, um, we made an Irish chain, a double Irish chain. That was my first quilt. All right. Uh, I loved it. I loved doing it. It well, was the, the hardest part for me, though, is cutting the fabric because it's just so pretty. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, maybe don't use such pretty fabrics. So pretty, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm over that now. Good. That that happens. I went home. I didn't even own a sewing machine. She gave me an old sewing machine. I took it home. It broke. I went and bought my first Viking sewing machine. And boy, was I shocked. It was expensive. It was $2,000. I thought I, I thought my husband was going to kill me. <laughs> I looked the prices of them, right? And uh, so after that, I just... I, I'm self-taught. I never really took a class. In fact, my first real quilting class was this past uh, last fall. Really? Yeah, I've never taken one. I've Everything I've learned, it's from a book, from YouTube, um, and my sister's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so when, yeah. when you guys made your Irish chain, then was that hand quilting? Did she get you to do hand quilting, or did she have a machine? I, I did do hand quilting okay. on the squares mm-hmm. uh, and quilted double hearts in each one of those center squares the big plank square mm-hmm. and when I was done I told my husband I am never doing that again so as I sit here saying that I'm looking at my beautiful long arm on the other end of the room that took care of that problem for yes. me now like no I'm not doing that again it's tedious oh. I don't know how they- God bless them I can't yeah. I don't I, need to- I, I also wouldn't have the, pa- the patience for it. I like, I don't want to say quick and easy projects. I mean, I do like those, but I also like even more difficult projects, but still being able to get done in a reasonable amount of time. Kind of exactly. Exactly. Well, I can, I can say I'm kind of lazy at some point, but for me, the handwork, um, it hurts my hands. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I don't like about it. It's like, mm, I can't hold that little tiny thing for that long. It's like, I can't do it. I don't even like binding them to be honest with you. I have a stack of UFOs about oh probably about nine of them all they need is bindings they're quilted i just look at them yeah i see you yeah i have a few of those too i also um a friend of mine does a lot of my long arm quilting for me and she will bind them for me which is oh that's sweet that's sweet so when uh when did you get your your long arm and what is it and what is it about it that you like besides the fact that you don't have to hand quilt. I mean, the brand, like, how did you pick yours? <laughs> how did I pick yeah. the brand? Well, I went to, um, we had a big quilt show at the time I was living in Virginia. We had a big quilt show in, um, where was that? Hampton, Virginia. And my middle sister, she lives down near there. So I drove from Alexandria down to her house and we went to the quilt festival down there. And I tried every single long arm machine in there. All of mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And um, I had done a bit of research prior, and I uh, I am a, I'm a baby lock girl. I love my okay. baby lock. It just for me, and it, it's like buying a car. That's all I tell people. You know, you like yours for your reason. I like mine for my reason. I just like the baby lock. I like the way it felt, and it was easy. Mm-hmm. And, um, I loved it. I went to baby lock school and learned how to use it. Actually, um, I didn't buy it. My sister bought it. Okay. And uh, put it in her house. And uh, at the time, we lived like two and a half hours away because I had no space. And she bought it. And she actually bought it for me. Took me a little while to figure that out. But she bought it for me. So I would go down to her house like every two, every other weekend, twice a month, sometimes, you know, once, depending on schedules. And I would sit there and quilt. And I taught myself. Pretty much. I did go to baby luck school to learn, but I pretty much self-taught on how to do everything. Mm-hmm. And because, uh, you know, there I am again. YouTube's my best friend. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so 
So um, I would quilt all her quilts and my quilts. And at that time, she would bind mine. Oh, that's a, that's a good exchange. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then um, I moved down here to Florida. And uh, she went into my local quilt shop with me. And they were having a sale on the new Baby Lock Regalia. The price was fabulous. Fabulous. And uh, she was like, I want to buy that machine. I'm going to buy that machine. So she bought it. And I'm like, what the heck are you doing? You already got one. Yeah. Brought the other one down here, sold it through the shop, and she installed the new one in my house. She bought it for me. Perfect. I like it. You should introduce me to your sister. (laughs) How, uh, if you are somebody that's, um, say you are looking at purchasing one for yourself, and like you said, it is like buying a car. They are a hefty investment. How do you say justify the price of, you know, if you are only going to quilt for yourself and maybe close friends, do you still think that you want to get a long arm? Is it still worth it? Like, where do you, where's your thought process on that? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Um, my oldest sister does it as a business and she has a gamble and that's a big, heavy, strong piece of equipment, expensive, but it's more commercial grade. It's made for people to do business. The, the regalias, you know, you can do it as a business, but it's really designed for your home mm-hmm. for the person. And, um, I don't like to quilt for other people. Um, I, I, and I do, I do some charities and I do some things for my friends on occasion. If they ask me, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, but it's just mainly for me and my, my sister who bought it for me. I quilt all her quilts mm-hmm. for her, I quilt mine. And, uh, the price, well, for me, it was free. Uh, <laughs> uh but you know, it was a good deal and it, it costs a lot to send them out. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it costs a hundred and some dollar, yeah. So you think how many do you do? The you know the machines. It was like fifteen thousand. But I mean, if you are sending out multiple quilts, I mean one one a month even, and you're getting custom quilting yeah. on it, like it can add up too. So yeah, you just kind of have to weigh your your costs. That your checks and balances, yeah. and if you can do it. Yeah. And I had saved money for it, and uh, when she bought it, then I just bought an embroidery sewing machine a baby lock destiny 2 at the time and it was like this is perfect i got i got everything in here now perfect and i do want to point yeah. out too that you know you mentioned you practiced um or just gotta you know try them out at a show and i definitely recommend doing that but then also at local quilt shops and things like they will let you try them out there but then there's also where i used to live in colorado at the local quilt shop you could rent time on their line yes yeah Yes, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. You can do so, that. Too. That way you can get a feel for it and realize how awesome it is and then then go buy your own. That's exactly right. You, it didn't, and like I said, it's like buying a car. You have mm-hmm. to try them yep. and see which one fits you. And uh, the baby lock and the handy quilter is basically the same thing. But I, I'm just a baby lock girl and I have an excellent quilt shop down here who's my dealer. Excellent support. I can call him 24-7 and he is there for me. All the time. That's perfect. And that helps too, because then you know you don't have this big, giant, expensive machine that you can't do anything with. Right. You know? Right. It's yeah. exactly perfect. right. So if you live in a town that doesn't support Baby Lock but supports a different one, then you probably should go with, you know, the one that your shop can support you on. Because the resource is nice to have. My quilt, mm-hmm. my guy's fabulous. He used to be a tech for Baby Lock and actually, I think for Brother and maybe Bernina, I think. So he's repaired all kinds of machines, but now he teaches us how to use them. So uh, twice a month, 
for two hours, we go and have long arm club and we sit there and we have a topic of a day and he goes through all the motions. We take notes, we take turns doing the procedure or, you know, whatever it is, if it's a border chunking or whatever it is. And then he does the same thing on the embroidery machines. Free. It's free. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's really my, cool. My skill set has gone up drastically. I like I like that. And I like I think there are a lot of places too, uh, local shops that probably offer things like that that you may not even know about. So even just reaching out to your local shop to see what they have is probably a good mm-hmm. idea. Well, so switching gears just a little bit, um, aside from quilting and crafting in your spare time and free time, you are quite the world traveler. Can you explain why? <laughs> oh, yes, I am. I am a tour escort for craft tours. Mm-hmm. So uh, I get the pleasure of um, meeting a group of people who are usually craft-minded and taking them on tours all over the place. In fact, that's how we met. It is, yeah. Ireland tour. I was the escort on your Ireland tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love it. Um, I've been very busy uh, last year and early this year. Now I'm pretty much grounded, but I love it. And I meet so many different people all over the world. I now can say I have friends in Morocco and, you know, Ireland and Scotland and Germany, all over, all over. That is so cool. So when did you start? I started um, as an escort in November of 2017. My first tour was Bali. Okay. Okay. Which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. If you're there, I call it the boutique mecca of the world. I love boutiques fabrics. That's my favorite. Yeah. So I was in heaven there. I just recently missed out on that one, but for a very good reason. We welcomed our second son into the world. So I'm very happy about that. Maybe I'll go on another um, Bali one in the future. But so if you had to pick, so you like that because of batik fabric, but if you had to pick your favorite location because of location and then your favorite location because of like the craft they do or because of the quilting there or something like that, can you do that? Oh, that's hard. Um, my favorite location is always going to be Ireland. It, it's like my motherland. I When I land in Ireland, it's like this peace overcomes me. I love the people. I love the food. I love that countryside. It is stunning. As far as quilting, hmm, that's hard. That's really hard. I mean, there's some pretty fabulous quilting going on in Spain. Yeah. Well so, well, so that would be a good sort of follow-up. So, like, when we were in Ireland, we got to see different sort of craft shops and different craft demonstrations, but I wouldn't say it was necessarily super heavy into quilting or into one craft specific. But do you – are there different countries that, you know, hey, this country is known for this craft? Well, yeah, Um uh, like uh, Mexico is known for their potteries and they do a lot of embroidery. Mm-hmm. Egypt does a lot of embroidery. Uh, I'm finding more embroidery than quilting, but the quilting's kind of different. Some of it's more functional as opposed to like ours is an art form. Mm-hmm. Let's see, Morocco, I didn't didn't see any quilting, but they do a lot of, um, they're into like rugs, making rugs. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's more weaving textile. In Germany, Germany, you get everything. Yeah. The glass blowing, the hand painted, it's just, oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, everywhere there's a craft. Um, and basically, we're all the same, though. We all, it's a passion. 
Yeah, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna ask if, if um, you you thought that in general, sort of a blanket statement that the crafting or the people that you meet that are crafty are sort of the same across the board from country to country, or if certain countries are more into it than others. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna say that we're all the same. It, mm-hmm. It's something that I think that's in us, and uh, it's uh, the artistic part. We're all the same. It's all a. Um, it's all I am. Um, how do I want to say this? Uh, it's it's um, it's like a universal a, language kind of. I think it's a passion. Well, it is a universal language because sometimes when we do a craft, our our um, expert doesn't speak our language. Mm-hmm. Still manage to communicate because we, you know, the stitches are the same basically when you're sewing, uh, especially with the hand stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're all the same with our passion and our desire to, and our love to create. But different cultural, culturally, like in um, China, they do like paper cutting with these scissors and it's, oh, it's fabulous. Me, I'm thinking paper dolls when I was a kid, we had to cut out our own. Or I'm thinking like the little snowflake. Yeah, they can cut out intricate things with a little pair of scissors. And I'm just like, whoa. Or they do the painting on the inside of the bottles. I mean, it's just unbelievable the tedious work that some of them can do. And then the embroidery, like in Mexico, they have embroidery with the beads. Oh, it's pretty. Very pretty. And then the weaving of the rugs in Morocco is usually done by a tribe of women. And they're called the Berbers. So you live up in the mountains. And that's their hobby. Like you and I quilts, this is their hobby. They make these wool rugs. And then they sell them to, to uh, um, like carpet shops, like in Marrakesh. And then they sell them. And that's their little pin money to go get some more and start all over. Huh. Well, so is there a favorite, I was going to say a favorite quilting tip. So if you have that, definitely share that with us. But even just a favorite now, maybe new craft or new thing that you learned while traveling that you came back and really wanted to try right away or have since tried girl i've been so busy I'm... okay so wanted to try not actually followed through with it yet but yeah there, uh, there has been some that i wanted to try i uh was very fortunate in january to be the escort for one of craft chores uh quilt cocoons and we had three mm-hmm. uh, educators come in and teach classes for three days and oh my god God, were they unbelievable. One of them, his name was Mark Sherman. Lovely, lovely man. Uh, He uses paints that you would paint on uh, like silk to paint Mm -hmm. bolt blocks so that they look like stained glass windows. Oh, wow. He is uh, very, very talented. Yeah. Very talented. He lives in Tennessee somewhere, but oh, yeah, I would love to have done that. I, I didn't get the opportunity, but I watched and it was like, ooh, I want to do that. And then also we had Pam Holland, who was another famous quilter out of, out of Australia. And she uses, um, she draws and uses like ink tense pencils, which are the watercolored pencils, to paint, quilt yeah. block, to paint quilt blocks in her quilts. It's just unbelievable. Then we have another one that embroidered, hand embroidered her blocks for quilts. So... Um, it was very well-rounded, and uh, yeah, I'd love to be able to do all of that. I haven't had time to, to sink into it. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on that quilt class project that I have that I took last October. 
that was it's funny so we're gonna have to come circle back to that because that was gonna be a question is what you're currently working on but so just to, to step back real quick if somebody um heard you say quilt cocoon and has no idea sort of what that is and how that's different from a regular travel or is it it different? is, it is exactly. very different a quilt con- cocoon is think of it as a um like a quilt retreat except for it's a cocoon we call it a cocoon because it's uh a place where you're supposed to feel safe to uh let your inner child out and experience and evolve without fear of anything and uh Mm -hmm. we usually have educators two to three depending and it's just classes all you have classes all day for usually like three days and you'll switch from one teacher each time. And they have them, they have them with the, uh, let's see, the Cairo tent makers. They had it in Houston. And I think they're doing them in Paducah. Well, they were doing them in Paducah. They might still be doing them in Paducah. Um, the tent makers from Cairo are hand-embroidered um, tents. Is what they originally started from because they were nomads. And they became these panels that they would make. They're like five by eight or nine or ten they were originally leather um you know canvas now they're cotton hand embroidered and they would be um scenes they'd have one for a wedding it could be all floral they do one for a funeral they do one for a bird it could be anything and it used to be part of their tradition of you know the ceremony of the celebration of the event and it's it's lo- it's a lost uh skill it's dying because people aren't buying the hand embroidered anymore, but they're doing yeah. the stamped. They're stamped, you know, but yeah, I have to say, and this is going to be this is kind of my opinion on it. And I'm interested to know where you stand on it, but like, if I'm going to buy something for like an event like that too, unless I know the, that I'm going to keep it and like display it somewhere, I'm probably also the one buying the stamped or buying the the one that didn't take as much time to put together because I'd be afraid to use it and afraid to let someone touch it and it get dirty. And like, that's why I would shy away from it. Not that I don't think it's amazing, incredible work, but then I'm afraid that I'm going to destroy it almost. Yeah. And the, and the expense. Yep. It's like a Versace gown, you know? I really want to wear that gown and wear that and spill something on it and ruin it. Or what. So, you know, it's just a sign of yep. the times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, so circling back to uh, what is it you're currently working on? <laughs> I took a class. Uh, it was a, a block of the month class out of my local quilt shop. And it was a Hoop Sisters, um, the Fleur de Lis. Have you heard mm-hmm. of Hoop Sisters? Uh, from you, um, when we were in Ireland. So this is how long you've still been working on this. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about it, wasn't I? Because yeah. I think I started it shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just started it. Yeah, it's uh, machine embroidery. So you, you, it's uh, it's basically a quilt as you go. It's like applique embroidery. So it's a fleur de lis design, and there is um, like four sections, and it's what sixteen blocks in a section, and that, and you put those all together, those four block sections, and then you have the middle of your quilt, and then you can do the borders, which I think there's like one hundred and thirty six blocks on that. I haven't even started the borders. All I have is I have all the base, the middle of the quilt blocks created, and I have 16 sewn together. That's it, one quarter. And uh, I I look at it every time I come up here because it's hanging on my long arm. I look at it and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. It's just sitting there nagging at you like, come on, finish me. Well, and anybody who comes up here goes, oh, my goodness, what is that? And I'm like, oh, well. 
this is going to be my uh, my uh, pride and joy when I'm done with it. I got I'm not even putting it on a bed because I did it white, so it's white on white with white thread. Everything's white. Oh, I have wow. a big ball that up here in my quilt room. That's where I'm going to hang it. Perfect. I like it. I have several quilts like that, and they're not even white, but I still am the same way. Like I'm not ready to let this get dirty yet, so it's not to be used. It's to be looked at. Oh, uh, you're so funny. You're so funny. Do you find yeah. that, I'm going to ask you a question, because I know your opinion on this. Uh, do you find that when you give a quilt, let's say a baby quilt, they're afraid to use it? Um, you know, I have to say that I'm terrible about following up with somebody to know if they actually use it all the time. Because like, I'm, I never make one that is mm-hmm. a small one. It's more of an oversized crib one, thinking it's going to be mm-hmm. like layout on the floor. And let them, yeah. So I guess I've never asked to be like, hey, have you used that quilt yet? So I don't know. I don't know that I've, that somebody has been, probably. I would hope they aren't, but <laughs> yeah. I made a couple out of vintage chenille blocks. You can get them. Uh, so I made this one quilt for a friend of mine, and uh, she only laid it down for tummy time. Okay. On occasion. Yeah. And then I made one for another friend and I made this uh, card that went with it and said, this is meant to be played on, peed on, pooped on, barfed on, you know, eaten on. It is machine washable and dryable yeah. to be loved. Yeah. I think, I think you have to stress that though, too, like that, Hey, this is made from hundred percent cotton fabric. Like you can just throw it in the wash and wash it. And as long as they know that, then then maybe they'd be more apt to use it. And I think once I'm always super, whether it's a baby quilt that I've made for someone else or one that I've made for myself, I'm always like overly protective of the quilt until I wash it for the first time. And then it's like, <laughs> right? And then it's like once I've washed it and I'm like, oh, it did hold up just fine. The colors didn't bleed. Everything came out of it. Now I feel like I can use it because it's like I've proven that it can be washed. So something mm-hmm. about that first wash lets me start using the quilt more so it's like it's done now you yep. know it's done it's finished it can be used now yep. yeah. and then once you wash it that first time it kind of has that soft yeah it's more like it feels like something that's meant to be used versus mm-hmm. once it's just done and it's all crisp it's yeah it's pristine like- exactly yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I find that too yeah yeah Isn't that I, funny? Think I think I think that's a similar thought among mm-hmm. people and I do think though um the more quilts that I've made now, the more I want the ones I've made to be used. It's like when you yeah. finish that first one, you're like, oh, but it's the only one I've made. I have to protect mm-hmm. it. But uh-huh. Like once you've made more, you know, then you you don't feel so bad about using them. Mm-mm. I'm with you. I, I like to use them. That was the purpose. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, so um, that's kind of a couple little random tips there on maybe what you would say to someone getting into quilting. But if someone were to ask you, hey, why should I start quilting? What would you say? Oh, I think it's cathartic. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, It's like therapy to me. I can tune everything out. I just get up in my studio and I just start cutting and sewing and everything else is gone. I have no idea. In fact, in fact, if my husband doesn't tell me dinner's ready, I probably wouldn't eat. <laughs> I'm up there. I stay up here. Um, it's, uh, I had some really stressful times in my life. I had a very stressful job at one time and to be able to come home and be able to just concentrate on this, you know, mm-hmm. 
this block that I'm working on now. And it just, it was peaceful. It's peaceful. It's a meditation for me. A lot of people are the same way. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I, I absolutely agree. If somebody is unsure of where to start, so they don't have maybe um, older siblings that are already into it or that mm-hmm. they're, you know, getting them into it, and maybe they're overwhelmed with the millions of online videos. Options. Um, what's, where are you telling them to start? Well, usually I tell them they need to find a simple pattern with straight lines. So usually a rail fence. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's easy. That You can do three or four colors. doesn't matter. I usually, I usually do three because that's just my, the way my mind works. And it's just stitches. It's easy. And uh, I give them the pattern. I help them choose their colors. And uh, one of the things I tell them is, is, and it's important for everybody, and some of them don't realize this, it's the quality of your fabric is important. Oh, absolutely. If you get a thin fabric, it's not only going to last a couple washes. Mm-hmm. So you need a good thread count of fabric, and you need to iron it. A lot of people don't iron before they cut mm-hmm. or they s- stitch a row. And it's like, you need to do that to keep everything straight. Those are my tips. And, I, and the reason being is that my sister used to yell at me all the time because my pressing was horrible. And now I press everything. And she's, all she says is, every time she sees me over there, she goes, you're such a good girl. See, she's still giving you that, you know, um, attaboy for doing, you know, what you're supposed to be doing in terms of, of, how she taught you. So that's good. Right. Exactly. It's it's just so funny yeah. when we sew together, how she would take it away and go, oh, just let me iron. <laughs> that's perfect. But it really does. I mean, in terms of, I mean, I don't want to say it's less important in a design that you're, say you're just mm-hmm. sewing some scraps together in squares and rectangles. Maybe you don't care what size your blocks finish or what size your quilt finishes. But if you're following a pattern, yeah, you absolutely need to press after mm-hmm. each seam after each step or it's not going to be the right size and the first one's always awkward the first quilt because you're not in a groove and you know what works for me may not work for you yeah that's like i i cut left-handed it drives my sister crazy are you left-handed like, no oh. but my husband's left-handed and he's trained me to do everything left-handed i fold everything left-handed like a left-handed person will everything's left-handed <laughs> I'm for one now I'm gonna have to like pay attention the next time I fold something but um I don't know it's which way I fold but I have to say I do cut with both hands like I'm I'm right-handed so I will predominantly cut right-handed but if there's like something I just need to cut real quick and I don't want to this may sound super lazy but I don't want to walk around to the other side of my table or flip it around like I will cut left-handed so occasionally Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. funny the little skills that you're gonna pick up along the way mm-hmm. and I think a little idiosyncrasies yeah yeah and one more little thing to add to that in terms of you know you're saying how you do something is different from how I do something from somebody else that's also why yes there might be an overwhelming number of tutorials and teachers available but when you find the one that like speaks directly to you you're going to get it like you might watch two of them and not be able to understand it at all because however they're presenting it it doesn't make sense but exactly exactly yeah you'll find the right teacher exactly well so do you have any other I kind of want to end with do you have and I'm just kind of springing this on you so um (laughs) a fun story or memory from either a recent trip or your favorite trip that you have gotten to have with craft tours favorite memory oh that's hard because I've got so many every time I don't know I uh... 
I think that um, on our tour, we had so much going on. Mm-hmm. We had everything bad go wrong. Well, but it all we worked just, out for the best. Delayed, delayed flights yeah. and then people not even making it there and lost luggage for weeks. That poor woman. She <laughs> was, was the sweetest lady, though. If it was going to happen to anybody, she was the best person because it doesn't face her. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, true. So, so I think one of my favorite things now was the camel ride. Um, when oh, yeah. Morocco, we had to get on these camels and ride these camels. And there was this one woman, God love her to death. And uh, she wasn't too sure she wanted to do it. And mm-hmm. she got on this camel and she got up in the air and she was on it for five minutes. And she says, now get me off right Oh, she had enough. Uh, well, at least she tried it though, and she can say. She can She says, "Nope, nope, yeah. not gonna do it. That's not funny. gonna do it." Well, like you said, she tried it. She tried something new. She was there. I think she would have regretted it if she didn't do it. You know. Oh yeah, it was fun though, and I just got back from um, um, where did we go? Uh, Mexico for the uh, Monarch Butterflies, and we rode yeah. horses, and that was. Yeah, you would have liked I saw that. Pictures of that one. That one looked awesome. Well, so if somebody um, has been, you know, listening to this and is thinking, okay, I'm interested in a tour, um, how do we book a tour? Oh, um, go online to crafttours.com, mm-hmm. and uh, you can pull up the website, pick a tour, pick up the phone. There's a phone number there. You can call them, and they have lovely people in that office that'll help you choose the one that's right for you. And so you can even just scroll through what you guys have. But I also, because I've been on there a few times, um, narrow it down by craft. So if you are interested in a certain craft, you can see what they have available for that one specifically. Yep. We got quilting. We got photography. We got scrapbooking. We have textile. We have all kinds. And if you just want to go and see a particular country, do that one too, because the nice thing about crafters is we all have this common goal to create and we all seem to get along. Yeah. I've been with groups that were not just quilters. There was, you know, crocheters and uh, scrapbookers and photographers and they all shared each other's love. Cause you were teaching people to uh, crochet. Right. On the bus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On our bus. That's right. You got time to kill. You can learn a different craft while you're there. That's right. But that's another thing I want to add too, because even on our tour, we had, I'm, you know, 99% of them were quilters, but a couple husbands came along too, right? And no, no real interest in their part in terms of quilting, but they still had uh -uh. had fun. They did experiencing everything that we did. A couple of them didn't do a couple of the classes and found their way into Irish pubs instead, but that's fine. Like there's always something that you can be doing instead too. So don't think that, oh, I'm not a quilter. I can't go on this quilting. Yes, you definitely can. You definitely can. Because when I was in Spain was with the quilt group and we went to a quilt shop and we made bags, you know, handbags. Yeah. A little bag. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. And the men came. They were fine. I had some sewed. I had one that was uh, doing embroidery on the bus. No matter who you are and what your interest is, you can find a craft tours tour to suit you, I believe. Yeah, it's fabulous. Yep, awesome. Well, thank you so much for for being here to talk about your amazing travels and you as a quilter and your fun projects that you're working on. So thank you so much. Thank you, Ashley, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Of course. (laughs) 